0: listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number 1 weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie Truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. And Queensland Rail committed to improving safety through engineering innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au G'day, it's episode 106 of On The Road and it's great to have you along for the ride. With the podcast now entering its third year, we've decided to take you back to the very early days of the show with an interview and some taking it to the street grabs that are as topical now as they were back in the time when they were recorded. We chat with Aussie alternate folk blues country artist Riley Catherall and in addition to playing one of his great songs for you, we lead out of the show later with a great track from Catherine Britt and Lachlan Bryan, otherwise known as The Pleasures. As always, we've got our Something to Talk About segment and all the latest from the On The Road newsroom. There's a bit of something old, a bit of something new and a bit of something blues. So let's get this show on the road.
1: Yes, get on with it.
2: G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the Big Rigs on the road right? <laughs> This is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com.
0: Comcare, the Australian Government's National Work Health and Safety and Workers' Compensation Authority, some time ago developed their research plan towards 2022 to research and address the emerging challenges to workplaces and the health and well-being of workers. It was the largest survey of Australian truck drivers ever undertaken with a view to identifying the factors important to both good and poor health in drivers. They listed truck drivers as being the number one employer of Australian males, and they found that truckies are more likely to die or be seriously injured at work than any other workers. With these studies still continuing and being constantly updated, their findings continue to reveal high levels of obesity, chronic pain and psychological distress amongst Aussie truckies, with employers being encouraged to promote worker access to health and well-being resources. One area of major concern that was and still is apparent is in regard to the issues of healthy eating and diet. Now, way back in episode 11 of On the Road, Mike spoke with gastroenterologist and gut health specialist Dr. Vincent Ho, and the information shared in that interview is as relevant today as it was back then. This week, we've decided to share their chat with you once again in the interest of keeping this vitally important conversation going. Here's Mike and Dr. Vincent Ho. Tell me
3: just eat it eat it, eat it, eat it, get yourself an egg and
1: beat it Have some more chicken, have some more pie It doesn't matter if it's boiled or fried Just eat it, eat it, just eat it, just eat it, eat
2: it Dr. Vincent Ho is a consultant gastroenterologist That means he's a gut doctor He works in Campbelltown in New South Wales is where his practice is He's also a senior lecturer at Western Sydney University. He finished medical training in 2002 and joined the Royal Australian College of Physicians in 2011. That's about all I know about you, mate. That's what your bio says. Have I missed anything out?
4: (laughs) Hi, Mike. Thank you for inviting me on your show. It's a delight to be here, and I'm really pleased to be able to speak to yourself and to your listeners. And I guess I have a few points that I'd really want to raise with your audience because I know that with professional truck drivers, because of the lifestyle and because of the job demands, we know that you're on the road for many, many hours at a time. And one of the issues that I see a lot of with professional truck drivers is constipation. Yep, A really big problem because as you can imagine, if you're on the road a lot and you're driving, you may not have all that many opportunities to really stop and go.
2: (laughs) Well, mate, you've said before, I've heard you say it a couple of times, we'll talk to our friends and our partners about the most intimate details, but no one wants to talk about the poo, mate, do they?
4: absolutely (laughs) you know there's a stigma when it comes to talking about poo as you say you know we talk about everything the most intimate details with our good friends our partners but when it comes to discussing poos you know you can have couples that are married for 50 years and they won't talk to one another about poo like it's amazing but yet it's something that's so universal we should be talking about it
2: well everyone does it so (laughs) (laughs) exactly I've got to tell you, mate, one of the most satisfying things in my life is when I can sit down and have a good bowel motion. I don't need to tell you, the consistency, the form, everything is just great. And it's a very, very satisfying thing,
4: isn't it? 100%. (laughs) You're right. I mean, it is one of the places of life to actually have a good bowel motion. I mean, it really is up there, isn't it? It is.
2: So they call you the gut doctor. You've got that webpage, gutdoctor.com. And there's a little video on there, which I watched. You so kindly agreed to chat with me. I thought I'd better go and do a little bit of research. And you went on that journey of how the food is digested and tuning it down through the esophagus into the stomach and through the bowel and the colon and ultimately out the rectum there. And what happens, it's a pretty
4: informative little short video. I was quite impressed with that. Oh, thank you, Mike. Uh, certainly on Gut Doctor, we can see lots of informative articles and as you mentioned, videos that really talk about interesting processes like that. So the process of converting food into poo is actually quite a complicated process, but a really interesting one. I mean, when we eat food, we know that after a certain amount of time, it's going to come out as poo. But the process in which that happens is so interesting. There, I mean, there are so many organs at work. There are enzymes. There's lots of churning and moving around. There's processing, there's bacteria in the mix. There's a whole lot of things that's involved. But what's amazing about it is that it seems to be an almost seamless automatic process. You eat something and after a while, if you're very lucky, you will get a nice bowel motion. Sometimes, though, it's not always possible to get very nice, easy bowel motions. And that's something that I definitely want to talk about. Yeah. We know that with a lot of people, it's not always the case that you get a very nice, smooth bowel motion. We use this particular way to describe poo and it's called the Bristol stool chart, Mike. It was developed by some researchers from Bristol in the United Kingdom. And what they did was they worked out that poo can be divided on its form into seven different levels. So you've got one level where you can get poo that is really nice and easily formed. If you think about it, a bit like a sausage. So that's the ultimate kind of form that you'd like to have. And that's usually around a three or a four, you know. Type three is like a sausage, got some cracks. And a type four is like a perfect sausage. Mm. On the other hand, at the extremes, you've got a type one, which is like really hard nuts. And type seven, watery, like entirely liquid. So we can describe who now. You can say to your friends, hey, you know, I've got a Bristol Soul chart type four. Pass that out. Beautiful.
2: The type one there, which is the separate hard lumps, that's like sheep droppings, isn't it?
4: Exactly right, Mike. Like sheep droppings or nuts Mm. often can be really hard to pass as well. Mm. So that's a type one for you.
2: Normal for sheep, not for humans. That's it. (laughs) And number seven is completely the other end, where there's no
4: solid pieces at all. So that's normal for seagulls, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually, Mm. but not for humans. So we know with humans, not type one or type seven, you want to be in the middle. That's right. Number four. Mm. Ideally number four. Number three is not bad either. Mm. So, but yeah, if you can go for a number four, like a sausage, smooth and soft, that's perfect.
2: So the question that I've really got for you now, Vincent, then is how do we shoot for number four?
4: Yeah. Well, that's a really good one. I've got to say though, so Talked before about professional truck drivers and basically the fact that they can be really prone to constipation. It's something that happens a lot because often it's behavioral. You know, you don't have an opportunity to basically have a stop and go. So often it's behavioral. But what we know though is that there are a few things that you can do to actually get good regular bowel motions. And one of them is making sure that you're adequately hydrated. You know, you don't want to end up dehydrated because if you're dehydrated, you're going to get hard stools and you might head towards sort of number one on the Bristol stool scale. Mm. But definitely plenty of fluids. Make sure you're hydrated. Also fiber. Like this is one of the things I really love talking about because we know that for men, you should be having at least 30 grams of fiber a day. And for women, at least 25 grams of fiber a day. And we're talking about adults here. Yep. You should be having that much. But what people don't often realize is that that's actually a lot of fiber, like it's a lot of fiber. And I'll give you some examples of fiber that's contained in different foods because you'll be quite surprised at just how much fiber is contained in different foods. We know, for example, that a very common supplement that people have for fiber is called Metamucil. Yep. Very, very common. It's got basically psyllium husk in there. And so we know that it contains fiber. And people often say to me, Yeah, you know what? I've actually got a good tablespoon of Metamucil psyllium husk a day. Well, I'll point out to them, You know how much fiber is in that tablespoon? 2.2 grams. Wow. 2.2. Now, for an adult man, you need 30 grams. And they'll say to me, You know what? I get some of my fiber in bread. And I'll say to you, Well, one slice of whole grain bread, do you know how much fiber is in there? 2.4 grams. Wow. So, you know, you can imagine, you're going to have to eat a lot of bread to reach your 30 grams. You are. So how do we get to 30 grams, Vincent? Well, that's a great one. Yeah. So if we look at the different foods that contain fiber in it, we know that different foods, for example, pasta will often contain a good amount of fiber. So wholemeal pasta in particular, a cup of it, has about 7.9 grams. Okay. What I mean by that is that if you had four cups of wholemeal pasta, you'd basically reach your requirements.
5: Right.
4: You could have a medium corn cob and that will contain almost six grams, so 5.9 grams of fiber in it. Right. If you were to have brown rice though, and people will often say to me, yep, I have plenty of rice. Well, I'll say- One cup of brown rice will contain only 2.7 grams of fiber. So rice is good, but you're going to have to eat a lot of it to reach your 30 grams. You know, if you think about it, you're going to have to consume 11 cups of brown rice to get to your 30 grams a day.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable. I honestly didn't know that it was like that. And I mean, I could just hear the nutritionist saying, oh, look at all those carbs.
4: But you don't have to get it all in carbs because you can get it through other things too. For example, I mentioned before about corn, You know, kidney beans are good. So if you had kidney beans, 100 grams of that, you'll get about six and a half grams of fiber. But if you eat a carrot, particularly with the skin on it, a cup of that will actually get you a good amount of fiber. That's almost seven grams, basically 6.9 grams of fiber. So there are a few different things you can have, vegetables and fruits that can get you there, but certainly carbs are a good source. And I mentioned before about pasta, quite a lot of fibers in wholemeal pasta. Mm. One thing I certainly recommend is make sure that you have your adequate daily intake of fiber in addition to fluids that I've recommended before.
2: Yeah. So plenty of fiber, plenty of fluids, and we're shooting for number four.
4: That's it though. And the other thing I've got to mention too as well, physical activity. We know physical activity is also quite important in simulating your bowel activity. Mm. And that's really important. If you're driving at long distances, you may not be that physically active. So if you can get a chance to have a bit of a break, a rest stop, you know, it's good to stretch yourself out. Maybe go for a little jog around, making sure that you're getting stimulated as far as physical activity is concerned, because that's often very helpful.
2: Go for a walk around the truck when you check the tyres, but do it two or three times. That's it. So, Vincent, there are a lot of these new diet fads that are on the go at the moment. I know this is a question at short notice and without reference, but we're talking about the keto diets, for example. We're talking about things you see advertised protein shakes and protein diets. What have you got to say about things like that?
4: Yeah. So let's talk about the keto diet. That's basically what we call a ketogenic diet. It's a very high fat, very low carb kind of diet. In many ways, it's very similar to the Atkins diet, which has been around for a little while. The idea behind the keto diet, it's like, well, you replace your carbohydrates and you're replacing it essentially with a lot of fat. So that reduction in carbs puts your body into a state called ketosis, and so, when that happens, basically, your body can actually be quite efficient at burning fat for energy. So, certainly, there can be some benefits in having that because it's been shown that ketogenic diets can be helpful in reducing like blood sugar and insulin levels. So, there can be benefits uh, in terms of that. However, what is important is that, along with all restrictive diets, because, you know, with keto diets, it is restrictive, the challenge with that is that don't get the balanced diet that you should be getting. So when you speak to any dietitians, they'll say, yeah, you know, there are some benefits in terms of what it can do. But obviously the downside is that you're restricting your intake of other important food groups. It's going to have foods that are really high in saturated fats. So that's a danger Mm. because if you get a lot of high saturated fats, then that potentially can lead to an increase in certain types of cholesterol, which can be linked to heart disease. So that can be an issue. But One of the things that I find among all these diets is that you don't want to be restrictive. You want to make sure that you have a good balanced diet. And what I mean by that is that you should be having a diet that actually has all the important food groups. So you want to make sure that in addition to having carbohydrates, of course, you're going to have protein sources, you're going to have dairy products, fruit and vegetables, and you get some sugars as well. So Those major five food groups that I've talked about before, really important to get hold of. And when you talk to dieticians, they'll just say, from a very practical standpoint, five groups to remember, fruit, grains, lean, meat, poultry, other sources of protein, dairy products, as I mentioned before, and vegetables and legumes.
2: And restrict the other food groups like KFC, McDonald's and...
4: Always a good idea to restrict that (laughs) if you can. You know, and and a cut down on excess sugar as well. So that's important.
0: There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page.
2: What you're saying Vincent is that a balanced diet is far more important than these things like keto and protein shakes. They're great in the short term, but you really shouldn't be living on them, should you?
4: hundred percent, Mike. That's exactly right. In the longer term, you want to make sure that you have a balanced diet. So as I mentioned before, a variety of foods from each of those five food groups that I've mentioned, because having that healthy diversity is a very good thing. And Mike, it's also good for your gut bacteria too. Mm. We know that if you've got a diverse diet, it also means that you tend to get a diverse set of microbes in your gut. And we know that diverse microbes in your gut is a very good thing, yeah. Because it's good for your gut health, but good for your overall health as well.
2: That leads me on to the next question, Vincent. I was going to ask you about those little probiotic drinks. You see, what are your thoughts on those?
4: Well, my general recommendation when it comes to probiotics, and by the way, I've got to define what they are. Probiotics are essentially live bacteria, um, for the most part, but sometimes you can get other microbes like yeasts, but. For the most part, they're live bacteria that when you give it to somebody in an adequate amount, it actually gives a health benefit. So, there are a lot of these probiotics going around. But what I can say is that if you're a, a healthy individual with no real issues, no symptoms, you don't need a probiotic. You don't need it. But we know that from the data that it's not required. However, if you've got a health condition, uh, specifically one that it's been shown that probiotics are helpful for, then that's when it can be really helpful to have a probiotic. A good example of that is when someone, for example, can get diarrhea from, say, an infectious gastro bug. Hmm. We know that when you get a probiotic, it actually helps to reduce the duration of symptoms, so like your diarrhea. So it can be quite helpful in that sense. Hmm. Probiotics can be useful for a number of other conditions as well. For example, Mike, if you were to give a probiotic to a pregnant lady in the last five weeks of her pregnancy, that has been shown to reduce the risk of allergy in the infant, particularly if the infant's going to be at risk of getting allergies. So there's a benefit there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. There's so much
2: to learn about and so much that's unknown. And I know that you spend your whole career looking at these sort of things. I note that you've written a lot. I think, 38 or 39 articles on all sorts of things and people have viewed them more than 5 million times. That's a lot, mate. Your social media viral, mate.
4: (laughs) Well, Mike, look, I've got to say, for your listeners out there, if they can check out Gut Doctor, it's a good source of information because, as you say, there's about 39 articles on there. Hmm. covers a whole range of topics from what's containing your poo. They'll find that really interesting. How does food turn into poo? They can learn about even now with the whole coronavirus and how that affects the gut. So there's so many interesting topics that they can learn about by going onto that website. And we've also got some social media as well, as you mentioned, things like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and that may be a good way for some of your listeners to find out some information because when we send out some info via social media, often it's in like bite-sized form so they can quickly just process it all. There'll be some key messages that we put in there. doesn't take very long to read.
2: It's all very, very good. Now, one question that I was asked to ask you when someone found out I was talking to you, irritable bowel syndrome. Now, it's a common issue. A lot of us get a little bit of it from time to
4: time. So what is it and what's the best way to deal with it? Yeah, irritable bowel syndrome or IBS to short is a very common condition. And it's thought that in Australia, about one in six people are diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome. So it's really very common. IBS is a condition where someone will have had lots of investigations looking for other gut conditions, and they've not found anything concerning. That's something I will say about IBS. You can have all these investigations. You can have cameras looking inside, and you haven't found anything concerning that accounts for why they've got symptoms. And IBS, you can get lots of symptoms. One of the most common symptoms is bloating. We see a lot of that going on. But you can also get constipation related to IBS. You can get diarrhea related to IBS. What's thought to cause it is the increased sensitivity in a lot of people with IBS. So there's an increased sensitivity in their guts to different stimuli. It could be foods, for example, they eat, it could be stress. So when you get something like that, some sort of stimulus, stress, certain types of foods can generate symptoms. And so one of the best ways to treat IBS is to try to avoid some of those trigger factors. It might mean that you you reduce the stress levels, focus on meditation or yoga, it may mean that you avoid certain types of food. In fact, there's some good research that's come out of a big group in Melbourne that's found a particular type of food and it's called FODMAPs. Hmm. That's the abbreviation for it. They are linked to IBS symptoms. And so by avoiding FODMAPs or going to a low FODMAPs diet, it's actually very helpful in improving IBS symptoms.
2: Well, that's all great information, Vincent. Thanks very much for that. We're running short on time, so I just want to wrap things up. I've got one more question for you, which is another question that I was asked to ask you. Things like Saxenda appetite suppressant drugs that are taking hold at the moment. What are your thoughts in your specialty on those?
4: Yeah, is actually quite an interesting drug because what it does, it's an injectable drug that actually is used to help reduce weight And the way it does that is it actually induces a delay in your stomach emptying foods. What that means is that your stomach fills up with food more easily and you get a sense of becoming full quite quickly. So that's the way that Saxenda works. Hmm. Actually quite a good medication in some ways, but certainly as with all the other medications that's been used to treat obesity, It should be coupled with increased physical activity and also diet changes. So those medications are good, but by themselves, we know that they're not effective in isolation. So you've got to couple with good physical activity and also making dietary changes. Because let's say you've got one of these drugs that you're using to try to lose weight, but if you're still getting the same amount of calories in, Mm. then it's not going to really help in losing weight. And we know that if you have more calories out through exercise, of course, that's going to help. So I still recommend exercise and diet changes with all of these medications.
2: And Vincent, things like gastric sleeves and all those other sorts of bariatric interventions, clearly with your interest in the intestinal tract, you've probably got an opinion on all
4: that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, we know that a gastric sleeve surgery can be very effective for weight loss. And in fact, it's probably the most common weight loss operation in the world. It does lead to quite rapid and quite significant weight loss. And it does that through its changes on some gut hormones. So it's able to do that through modification of gut hormones. And obviously, It means that when you remove a good chunk of the stomach, then of course that means that that's going to restrict the amount of food or your intake in. So it's a very good operation. But I will say that, as with all surgeries, there are going to be risks. Mm. It should always be coupled with some kind of plan to obviously change your diet and exercise. And what we've often found is that you can have successful surgery, and then years down the track, you can get all that weight piling back up again because. When it comes to gastric sleeve surgery, yeah, it might be really good at reducing the amount, your intake, particularly solids. But if you drink, for example, liquids that are full of calories, hmm. then guess what? You know, Your weight's just going to pile back on again.
2: It's painfully obvious, I think, isn't it?
4: Yeah. And
2: the other thing that I haven't mentioned is you've got a new book out about the Healthy Baby Gut Guide.
4: Yeah. So for anybody that's a new parent out there or who has a particular interest in the healthy gut of babies or young children... And if they've got an interest in preventing allergies, because we know that gut health is linked now to allergy development, then yeah, they can check out the book, The Healthy Baby Gut Guide. It's found in all bookstores. You can get that online too. I'd encourage the
2: listeners to have a look at your work at thegutdoctor.com. Your practice is in Campbelltown in New South Wales. People need a referral to come and see you from their GP, don't they?
4: They do. And so I'm happy to see people. But as you pointed out before, a really good first port of call would be to check out all the information on gutdoctor.com, so spelt G-U-T-D-R.com. Vincent, thanks very much for joining me on the road. It's an absolute pleasure, I can thank you very much for inviting me on your show.
0: Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kumi on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care
1: of you.
2: You coming there, Andy? Yeah, mate. Got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're gonna be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about 2 k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG would want to be frying chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailers. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate.
0: This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Songs of this week's guest Aussie music artist have been labelled as beautifully constructed and immaculately delivered. Highly praised by a growing legion of fans from amongst music critics the world over, he's even been delicately called a f-ing virtuoso. He's a masterful singer-songwriter who delivers a truly fresh alternate folk sound that's both unique and incredibly listenable. Based out of Melbourne, he's released a handful of singles and his new debut album expresses the emotions of leaving, losing love and finding a place to settle down. With a hectic touring schedule already well underway, including a show with Aussie legends, the Whitlams, it's guaranteed we'll be hearing a lot more from this talented artist for years to come. Let's take a couple of minutes right now to get to know Mr Riley Catherall. Top of the morning to you, Riley. Thanks for joining us on the road.
5: No worries, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Been looking forward to it. Congratulations on your When I Go album. There's some wonderful songs you've given us there. In regard to the new single, Bark at the Moon, you quoted as saying the song was a real exercise in not trying to overwrite new material. What exactly did you mean by that?
5: Well, I think that, you know, being a musician, you really have to have quite a few different hats to put on in your day, so... Sure. I think putting that record out, it was a lot of the business side of things and promoting and booking the tour and making sure that it was being distributed correctly. Yep. And yeah, I feel as though I'd been doing that for quite a long time that I hadn't been writing many songs. So when it got time to sort of going into a new direction, I I was writing a few things that I wasn't completely sold on. And I was like, oh God, can I (laughs) write songs anymore?
0: Your own worst critic, yeah?
5: Yeah. So I don't know. This new single was the first moment in probably 12, 18 months where I was like, oh, yeah, I remember how this goes and it was exciting again. Yeah. Yeah, it was very important, I think, in that regard.
0: Well, you went on to say lots of unfinished songs were abandoned and wondering whether I'd be able to write another good song. I don't think you're Robinson Crusoe on that one there has been plenty before (laughs) you, but do you find that sometimes you start out on a song, you kind of lose interest, tuck it away, only to bring it out again another day and dust it off and actually make something special from it?
5: Totally. and have come up with a few different rules for that. Hmm. You know, like sometimes you place a lot of precedent on the song that you're writing because you're comparing it to another song that you've written, that you really, really like. Yep. And sometimes you still need to just finish that song. It might not be the best song. You might not have to play it ever again, but it's also writing songs is like a muscle. You know, you need to practice starting writing. Yeah you for need to practice finishing songs. So it's all part of the process and you really need to sort of be adept at all different sort of areas of actual songwriting.
0: Fair enough. Now, back at the moon, can you share the story behind it, Matt?
5: Absolutely. Yeah, as I said, it was a really quick one, and I think it was reminiscent of there's a certain area out in the Dandenong Ranges that I used to frequent when I first moved to Melbourne because it reminded me so much of where I grew up up in the Snowy Mountains. Right. I don't know. It's just, I guess it's a, a song that I wrote about that fast, exciting sort of first love that you sort of experience when you're 18 years old, you get your pee plates, you yeah. spend all night driving around doing whatever 18-year-olds do. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it was reminiscent of just enjoying things as they happen and not necessarily looking back and needing to go back in time, but just appreciating those fun things while they last.
0: Yeah, and watching the sun come up and all that.
5: That's right, yeah.
0: You've got a busy touring schedule coming up, Riley, playing up and down the East Coast, including a show with the Whitlam's. That'll be a great show. That's at Goulburn, isn't
5: it? Yeah, it's really funny. I you know, I grew up sort of near Yass, about an hour away from Goulburn. Yep. So I used to frequent Goulburn Fridays, and Saturday nights to you know do the pub gigs, finishing at 1 o'clock, playing to rowdy, drunken Goulburnites. <laughs> yeah, nice to go back and play at a nice theatre and play some of my own music for sure.
0: Yeah, so where's the rest of the tour taking you to?
5: It's a bit of a East Coast thing, you know, sort of starting up the Northern Rivers and just over the border into Queensland and then sort of making our way down through the North Coast and Sydney and Canberra and then eventually doing a couple of shows in Victoria and Melbourne to finish things off.
0: Right. That's a good run. You'll be ready for a rest by the end of that.
5: Well, I think it's you know just sort of making up for lost time, not being able to do it for quite a while. and Sure. You know, it's not doing as many shows as I would like, but I think it's about just getting back on the horse and getting out there and just starting to play again.
0: Exercising that touring muscle.
5: That's it. <laughs> That's it.
0: Now, there's a lot more to your story than we can touch on in a few brief minutes here today, but where can our listeners go online to find out all about you and your music and check out where they can go and see your performing life?
5: Just on my website, rileycathro.com. It sort of shoots you in all directions to sort of the Facebook, the Instagram, and the YouTube, and all of that sort of thing. Right. All the tour dates and all the merch and everything's
0: on there, yeah. Cool. As I was telling you earlier, we jumped the gun a couple of weeks ago and played your new single, and we had some great response to it from our listeners. I was tempted to play it again, and we will do so in the next few weeks because it's such a good song. But what we'd like to do perhaps today is share one of your earlier songs called Leave Me Out to Dry. No worries. I had my first listen this morning. It's a great song. Thanks. Riley, thanks for making the time to come and play on the road with us. Would you please introduce your song for us?
5: Sure, mate. My name is Riley Catherall, and this is a song of mine called Leave Me Out to Dry. Cheers, Riley.
0: Stay safe, mate.
5: You too.
1: you're asleep please excuse my fault in the petrichor of a sour night on sydney road and all the weekend
3: fighting
1: is all the weekend fighting
5: Hey, guys.
2: Hi guys. This is Sorry about, I'll, I'll, I'll do a count, bro, okay? <laughs> this is hard. One, <laughs> two, three. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. This is McAllister. and you're and listening Andy's to On The Road, road with Mike and Mike Andy. Line and
1: Andy. <laughs> number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better.
0: We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well.
1: Oh, am I the only one who says I'm fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. So let the truth be told.
0: to talk about is brought to you by only trucks and credit one buying your next truck has never been so easy go to to onlytrucks.com.au as we continue our impromptu journey back in time this week in something to talk about mike revisits some taking up to the streets chats he had across the cb in the truck asking other drivers what they felt were the biggest issues they were facing in transport. Now, once again, this was from episode 11, and it highlights that it might be nearly 2 years since we recorded this piece, but clearly not a lot has changed.
3: That's just the way it is.
1: things
2: What's the most pressing problem in transport today? Over-regulated. There be rules, regulations. You can't do this, you can't do that. One state you can do it, one state you can't do it. There's got to be a unionised thing. OK. Start making all the oversized rules the same in every state. Anyone else got anything different? Do they reckon there's anything more pressing than the regulations? Parking bays, mate. We need parking bays. That's one of the things that Rod Anopy's been talking about. There needs to be a national standard. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's it, mate. I mean, at really for spaces, a decent parking bay with some proper toilet facilities there. Probably built to a size that you can get in and out of them without running up over the gutters and that too. That'd be good. Come in handy. Rod was saying something like they spent a couple of million dollars on a parking bay down in Victoria and added two spaces. Uh, wouldn't surprise me, mate, but at least in Victoria they. Yeah, it is. They like to block parking bays off in New South Wales, we've noticed. I don't even want you to have them, mate. Gotta make the parking bays bigger too, the trucks are getting longer and they don't fit in them properly. 22 parking bays in the whole state of Queensland. That's the, key of the problem. Yeah, you broke up, mate, someone went over the top of you. What would you say? 22 parking bays in the whole state of Queensland? I wonder where some of the numbers come from sometimes.
3: I only say the numbers
5: out of the NHVR. 3 Let's get some more pedal, mate. Be quicker on the dual carriageway. The roads
2: are getting better. I <laughs> don't why we can't. roads are straight enough. Yeah, yeah. We used to go a lot harder on a lot worse. Yeah, we
5: had a lot of out here. We wouldn't be able to handle 110, though. Sort the in from
2: the boy load. But what do we reckon about Roads dragging the chain on the driver licensing issue? You shouldn't be able to come here from any other country without getting a proper Australian licence and driving. India, America, anywhere, get a proper Australian licence before you're allowed to drive. End of story. That's what I said before though, mate, you can't blame the bloody drivers, they're bloody hopeless, they can't go backwards, they can't bloody change gears, they can't do anything, but it is the people that give them the licence, what about them? Can't we blame them? Look at the blokes that are doing the training and the testing, you mean? But they walk around with their big nose in there, thinking they're sh- high. Christ, there's have to be plenty of bloody retired truckies that know a shit more about it than them training them bastards on the bloody computer. Well, when you train the truck driver these days, you only train them to drive. They're not being trained to how to load the load, where the load sits, etc, etc and they're not being taught anything about any of the other regulations that go along with it. They're not getting any training on logbooks or anything either. Uh, fellas, well, thanks for your input. Take care of yourself. Keep it straight. We'll see you.
3: Thanks for your efforts, mate. Thanks, mate.
2: Got me there, Andy. Yeah, gotcha go. You gotta love that big breaking at the roadhouse.
0: Oh, you're not wrong, it's a great feed. Hey, was that Davos truck that came in spluttering and coughing like an old tractor?
2: Yeah mate, I think it's about time you upgraded the old girl.
0: Yeah, roger that. Though it's a bit of a nightmare shopping for a new rig.
2: Doesn't have to be mate. Found this place called Only Trucks. An online one-stop shop for buying and selling trucks. All the best makes and models. It's associated with Credit One, Organise the finance for you. You can deal with the seller's direct through the website, cut out the middleman, save time and money. Sounds like the way to go. Where do I find them? Too easy, mate. Go to onlytrucks.com.au and it's all laid out there for you.
0: You should send Davo a text and tell him to go to OnlyTrucks and get a new rig. Might just buy you a beer or three.
2: Davo? He wouldn't shout if he was bit by a shark, mate.
0: <laughs> Upgrading your truck has never been so easy. Go to onlytrucks.com.au All the latest industry news go to www.bigrigs.com.au G'day, Mike. Long live the king, eh?
2: Long live the king, indeed. Who
0: would have seen that coming?
2: Well, I mean, it just goes to prove yet again that no one gets out alive, mate. No one. (laughs) I find it interesting the 73-year-old man's finally got his first job, though.
0: Well, he's been an apprentice for 70 years, mate. He's done all right.
2: Yes, I actually met him once when I was uh, serving our country. I was part of a guard of honour for the man, mm. and uh, he was a very personable human being, but then he expected to be, and I, I, I met him, I'd say I met him. Mm. He asked me where I was from, and I told him, and he said, well, that's lovely, isn't it? A lovely part of the world, mm. and kept walking. Mm. So that's the extent of my meeting of the king.
0: So when he'd finished and he was walking away, did he look like a Volkswagen with the doors open?
2: Come on, we'll be a bit more respectful. He can have you executed now, you know. I
0: don't know. Off with his head. Off with his head. He'd be like that ad on TV, you know. He'd be
2: off with his head. I've always wanted to do that. Yes, indeed, indeed.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, before you get started, yeah, I've been having issues with my magazine subscriptions, you know. Okay. So uh, I've had a few problems. I've been arguing the point with them, so I've cancelled all my subscriptions. Okay. No more issues. (laughs) Right. Aren't you happy I prepared that one especially for you, mate? Yeah. I thought I'd get in before you this week.
0: I think there's probably a good reason why I'm the one that gets the flack for doing the dad jokes, mate. <laughs> you might be safe if you keep it that way.
2: Okay, your turn.
0: Well, mate, as you know, I've not been particularly well this week, so I had a medical I, I... check-up with the doc. Right. The other day, and he told me that given my age, yep, bastard, given my age, (laughs) I was a bit out of shape and needed to start getting some regular exercise. Yep. The wife agreed with him. Well, she would. She's a bit like that. Of course. Anyway, I decided to join the local gym to shut them both up and try to gain some of my once youthful vigour. Yep. So first class last night. Right. It was a killer. I was bent inside out, gyrated, twisted, jumped up and down, rolled around on the floor, sweated like a pig for over an hour. Right. By the time I'd eventually managed to get my t-shirt, shorts, socks and runners on, the class had already finished.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh dear.
0: So, the TMR has finally forked out the hiring of two Portaloos at the Gatton Pads, yay. Yay. However, it's all fallen on our mate Wes Walker to cover cleaning of them out of his own pocket. The good news is that Big Riggs have started a GoFundMe page to help cover his expenses.
2: They sure have, and if you go to the story on bigrigs.com.au, there's a little bit of a link there to the GoFundMe page to help cover some expenses for Wes. Now, it's not true to say that they've completely abrogated their responsibility, the TMR. They've set up twice-weekly cleaning of something that's going to be used by 40 or 50 blokes every day, because twice-weekly would be more than enough, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, even based on being careful, well, some of us need to stand closer than others. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Our aim is to keep this toilet clean. Your aim will help.
2: Yep. That's right indeed. Now there's always going to be little issues and God bless Wes for what he does, everything he does and out of the goodness of his own heart but if you can spare a few bucks to help Wes out to pay for that I think that's a pretty good thing. The response from the TMR has been the same. When Big Rigs went after them and asked them what was going on, they said, oh, well, the portable toilets are provided and maintained by our local maintenance contractors, and the TMR is paying those costs, well, twice a week. Mm. They're also saying that the and Heavy Vehicle Decoupling Facility is a breakdown pad, not a rest stop. Mm. The biohazard issues around the installing permanent toilets remain. Does it sound like now they're just going to keep kicking the can down the road to you? Because that's what it sounds like to me.
0: No pun intended. But yeah, it does sound a little bit that way. Yeah, who knew? Well, I expect the uh, lady truckies would prefer it was probably cleaned twice an hour. But anyway.
2: Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Portaloos aren't pleasant at the best of times. No. But there's nothing worse than a bloody smelly Portaloo. The disrespect that we're being shown with this issue should clearly illustrate to everyone the need for getting panels of drivers together, joining your association, mm. and having a bit of a say about what goes on.
0: Yep. Perhaps they could throw a few bucks at Kenny and get him onto the job of keeping
2: him clean. Well, maybe they could. Yeah. That'd probably help, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs>
0: production has begun for a brand new TV documentary series called Outback Farm about the adventures of a water-drilling family and starring one of the main attractions of Outback truckers, Danielle Hay and her family.
2: Danielle. Danielle and I were supposed to do a bit of an interview last weekend for this show. Yes. And unfortunately, we missed the connection. A little bit disappointed because this would have been our breaking story, mate. We'd have had it first. Yeah. But anyway, Danielle did bring me up and unfortunately we just couldn't make it happen. I'm going to talk to her at some stage in the near future to bring everyone all the details about this. Now, obviously, the future of Outback Truckers is starting to be talked about. They've purchased this farm. They've moved like 200 kilometers from Alice Springs, it is. Mm. And uh, Danielle announced to her Facebook fans uh, earlier the other day that they'd reached this deal to film some things on the farm, and her and the old man are just getting it sorted out. So Prospero Productions have announced production of the new documentary. It's going to be on Channel 7 Discovery. And it's set to hit the screens next year. Look out for that.
0: Yeah. Move over home in a way.
2: <laughs> I think I'd rather watch Outback farm somehow. Yeah, ditto.
0: <music> Tracking companies should not have to pay hefty fees to bring containers in and out of ports, according to the Productivity Commission in a draft report released today.
2: Yeah, and look, Mate, why should you have to pay to mm. pick your bloody container up if you're the truck company? Mate, I was amazed. I read through this story and I didn't realize how much these guys have to pay for the princely task of picking up a, a container to take and deliver someone.
3: Mm.
2: Patrick Ports charge $141.45 for every full container imported through the Port of Botany in Sydney mm. and $101.90 for everyone that's exported. Yep. So basically 250 bucks a box to turn a box around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously? And then they expect the trucking company to pay for that. Of course, the trucking company's obviously got to pass that on to their customer. Yeah. But why don't the shipping companies have to pay it? I don't understand. They choose the port. Yeah. So DP World, Hutchison Ports, Patrick and Victorian International Container Terminal all charge fixed access prices for the boxes. It just doesn't seem fair. The funny part about it is the Australian Consumer Law exempts these contracts, Mm. so it's not even anything that's covered by any sort of a law, I just can't work it out. Mm. When you add this to the fact that to go into the Port of Botany, you've got tolls on the M5 or the M8 or any of those other lovely tollways that you've got to go through and use, and God forbid if you've got DGs in a box because you can't park in the rest area there. Mm. The exorbitant fees imposed. The margins aren't getting any better, and we've got the excise charge and the fuel tax credit thing coming. You can go to the story at bigrigs.com.au. There's a link at the bottom. You can read the press release and the report for yourself. I was gobsmacked when I found out how much it is to pick up a box.
0: Well, perhaps if they stop picking up the containers, uh, just leave them there. See how that works out for Patrick's and the rest of them.
2: <laughs> Have a bit of a strike, you reckon? Yeah,
0: just watch them all stack up, mate.
2: It wouldn't take very long either. It wouldn't. That might change a few attitudes, but of course, we could put in a few little freight hubs. Warren Clark records, we could put a few of those in. That'll sort it all out, mate. No problem.
0: Yep. So, Mike, from December the 1st this year, trucks using the Dogwood Creek Bridge near Miles and Queensland will need to be aware of changes to restrictions due to structural limitations of the bridge.
2: Yeah, class one oversize over mass vehicles, escorts and pilots and things. Look, obviously, this is going to be something that they're going to be all over. Mm. The reason why we even mentioned it at all is...
0: I thought we just needed to because we didn't have a fourth story.
2: <laughs> you might need to be looking out for big trucks coming on roads you're not used to seeing them on because they're not going to be able to go over the bridge anymore.
0: There you go. <laughs> Last but by no means least, the Federal Transport Minister, Catherine King, has confirmed the return of the fuel tax credits later this month, in addition to an increase in the heavy vehicle road user charge.
2: Yeah, or the fuel excise by any other name. Yes. Now, this story is something that really does illustrate the lack of mathematical ability that some people in our industry have. Hmm. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it and boy are we going to get it. The excise was taken off the price of fuel and everyone got a bit of a break and we lost the fuel tax credit. So what we lost was we lost 17.8 cents per litre. That was the money that was being paid to the companies as a rebate. Mm. And they took off 26.4 cents a litre. So we're about 5 cents a litre roughly better off with the no fuel tax credit and the no excise on the fuel. The only difference was that you didn't get a rebate every three months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand why people were annoyed because it all happened in a moment's notice and no one had any warning for it and they couldn't prepare for it and all that. Yep. Now, we've got the road user charge. I, I love the terminology, the road user charge. We talked about that last week. We did. So now we've changed it a little bit. It's not the fuel exercise anymore. We've had a change of terminology. Now it's a road user charge of uh, 27.2 cents a litre. So it's gone up by 0.8% almost a full cent. It's gone up from what it was. Mm. And the fuel tax credit's going to go from 17.8 cents a litre to 18.8 cents a litre. So it's up a little bit and that's going to offset the impact for heavy vehicle users apparently. I don't see how because the difference is still the same. Mm. You're not going to be any better off. In fact, you're going to be $0.05 a litre worse off now than you were before this all comes back. Now, wouldn't you know it, Nat Road are cheering this crap on. I just cannot believe that Warren Clark doesn't have the common sense to work out that the difference is $0.05 in the negative for the people he represents and bark about that. Mm. You go to Nat Road and you see they're supposed to represent grassroots trucking industries. Nat Road are now cheering this on. I just cannot believe that a 3% rise... It's less than half the inflation rate, and that's good, apparently. Mm. So we're going to get it in spades. It's going to be tough because what's happening now is that they're going to have to pay the extra price at the pump, and they're not going to get the rebate for another three months until they do the next business activity statement. Yep. No one is going to win. This is going to hurt everyone, and it's going to hurt more than it hurt the first time because the money's actually got to come out of your pocket straight away. Mm. You've got to pay your fuel bill. If you don't pay your fuel bill, you don't run.
0: True enough.
2: I could go on about this for quite some time. As you can imagine, I could work up head of steam. Mm. September 29, can't come soon enough according to Warren Clark. Let's just leave it there. Mm. Warren, come on the show, mate. I'd love to have a chat with you. They're going to hold a webinar on September the 21st and explain the new arrangements to members and others. I might just attend that webinar just so I can ask Warren how five cents a litre at the back door is a good idea.
0: Is that a bit like an internet round table, is
2: it? It should be, mate, yeah. A lot. Camelot. Absolutely Camelot. (laughs) Oh dear mate. God save us really.
0: We might have to petition King Charles mate and see if he can help.
2: Off with his head. Uh... Hey just before we go,
0: Hmm.
2: not really breaking news so I'm not going to indulge myself with the sound effect. Good. But we've been having a lot of drama with iTunes and our feed for the podcast and I apologise to everyone for that. We have. I've put in a number of requests with Apple to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. I've not received any notifications, to say we've been banned for being naughty or anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You haven't been pulling faces at them behind my back, have you?
0: Not that I'm aware of, no.
2: No, so we're trying to get it fixed. The show's up on all the other platforms, so please, if you listen to us on Spotify and you know someone that normally listens to it on iTunes, please let them know. I've done everything I could possibly do from my end to try and fix it. Mm. Maybe I could send Warren Clark to try <laughs> No God, that's even a bad that's a bad joke.
0: Did you say everything was
2: fine? Everything's fine. Yeah. We're working on it, everyone. Please tell your friends that it's up on Spotify and iHeart. Just not working on iTunes at the moment and I don't understand why it's not. Yeah. I've even fed the RSS.
0: The RSS feed is (laughs) R S.
2: But it is R S.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: Hmm. Thought for the week, Mike. Oh, thank God for that.
0: (laughs) Many people say that they don't have a good memory. It's funny, though. They always seem to be able to remember what's important to them.
2: Of course. This is very, very true, isn't it? It is. Mate, the trucking philosophy wins through again. I'm impressed. Mm. I'm absolutely impressed.
0: Travel safe, my friend.
2: I sure will. You have a great rest of the week, mate, and uh, I'll see you when I'm looking at you. Sure will. See ya. See ya.
0: Road News is brought to you by Big Rings, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Our lead-out song this week comes from Aussie outfit The Pleasures, made up of Catherine Britt and Lachlan Bryan. This song is a smouldering, bluesy hit in the making. Here's The Pleasures with Every Story Has Two Sides.
1: Side. You never turned away. You had nothing to hide. We were just flesh and bone.
0: the show for another week thanks for coming along for the ride on the road is proudly brought to you by nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer visit the website at nti.com.au and queensland rail committed to improving safety through engineering innovation and education for more information go to www.qr.com.au be sure to join us again next week when mike says
2: there's not play school there's not a bear in there right eh?"
0: Our guest says, "There is is a yogi boober." and Andy says, "He's a genius." Until then, play nice with each other, and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye bye. The team here at On the Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.